Welcome to the Rock Your Life Show. Where questions meet answers. The profound meets the mundane. And we help you rock rock your life. life. We are your hosts, the Vignatis. I'm Tracy. And I'm Fabrice. Well, hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, guys. What's going on? Well, guess what today is? Today's podcast marks the season finale of our second podcast year doing this. I can't even believe it's already, been two years. Already two years. I remember it just became an idea and then now it's like first podcast was creativity. Uh, yeah. Was we've just ago. come a long way from this. But we are going out on with fireworks. Yes, we are. It's a very uh interesting topic. It's actually in two parts. Uh we decided we wanted to talk about music. So this particular one is music part one and it's you know how we hear that music is a universal language? Well, we're going to discuss that. Is it or is it not? Yes, that's part one. And part two is going to be uh, next month, and it's going to be uh, music part two, our own musical journeys. journeys. So Tracy and mine. Yeah, respectively, you know, yeah. separately, and then together, sure. Yeah, so it's in two, that's why we're in two parts. Uh, I wanted to um, remind you guys, if you do like what you're hearing, to please uh, rate the podcast. Give us a five-star rating. If you go on to Apple Music and uh, on your app on your phone and just give us a nice review, that would be awesome because we can always use that. And also, please, if you have any questions about any of the episodes, please feel free to email the show. It's rockyourlife at thevignatis.com. So it's rockyourlife at T-H-E-V-I-G-N-A-T-I-S dot com. So, uh, like I said, we're going to finish on the fireworks, and uh, we promise you that we will have guests. Uh, we, were su- ta-da! Ta-da! we were supposed to do that earlier this year, but, you know, uh, we had uh, we were not sure about the way of doing it. The, techno- the well, technology. Well, let's call it what it is. We didn't know what we were doing with the technology. And plus, <laughs> we had to figure out which topic, and, you know, it's, it's anyway. So, but, so Long story short, we have a guest today, and uh, what an awesome guest we have. Oh, yeah, we're super excited about this. Yes, so we are going to um, basically uh, talk a tiny bit introduction about the, 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 what a music, is it a universal language, medium, but I think language is more uh, appropriate. For syntax purposes, exactly. yeah. So why? Simply. Well, it's... Really, think about your own life or even the lives of others. Music is involved in everyday life, in your social life, even in references to music in speech. If you're having a conversation with someone, how many times have you heard someone say something that makes you happy and you go, oh, that's music to my ears? Exactly. And it's so, so many expressions by that. Oh, when, you, when somebody tells you, uh, uh, well, let's meet next week or we played by here. Well, yeah. Go. And then, yeah. Um, you know, oh, you I know my mother used to say this to me all the time. You sound like a broken record. So those are like music references somehow or, oh, stop blowing your own horn or tooting your own horn. Oh, she would say that, too. Oh, another one I, I just remind her is as fit as a fiddle. Yeah. And then, there, <laughs> you know, that little gesture people do on their thumb playing the world's smallest violin. Like you don't even need to say oh, any words. Yeah, you yeah, just do right. that. 
That's so, yeah. One. So I guess the violin is a popular and play by ear. Yes. But you can see how it's just a part of everyday life. Yes. The sound, the nature. You go into nature, you hear sound and, uh, and music. Oh, that's always musical and, to me. And music is everywhere. I mean, you get in your car, you like music, radio, or podcast. Or, uh, it's just everywhere. Any, anything. It's any, everywhere. So, and we all know that everybody uh, likes a style of music. So that's what's important, knowing that music is a part now, the question that we, uh, Tracy and myself, have been asking ourselves for a while now is, is it uh, a universal language? And I mean, from all the art, concerning if you look at the old umbrella with all the art, the dance, the music, uh, the uh, uh, literature, the painting, we know that probably music is one of the most popular ones. You go to concert, more people go to concert than museum. I mean, although I'm not sure, but I would say in general, uh, that's what is, is... Well, it's a lot more accessible, yeah, accessible too. Accessible, too. If you want to go to the Louvre, yeah, exactly, it's a lot harder than just going on YouTube or going on yeah. Spotify or whatever. So in light of this, we're so happy to have a guest. I can't believe it. It's our first yeah, one, great. and she's so amazing. She is L.A.'s accordion diva. She is a band leader, composer, arranger, a session player of films, film sessions and records with some Grammy-nominated artists as well as Grammy winners. She holds an MA in ethnomusicology from UCLA, a BM in performance with an emphasis in commercial music from Cal State Long Beach. She's completed her PhD coursework in ethnomusicology at UCLA. And she not only is all of this and a bag of chips, but she's our personal friend and has also, we've had the honor of having her perform on two of our albums. We are so happy to have her with us today. Please welcome Professor G. Robbie. Hi, G. Wow. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to our Rock Your Life show. We're so happy wow. to have you. What, what an introduction. Thank you so much for that. Oh, it's our <laughs> pleasure. Trust me. Oh, definitely. So um, let's go uh, right away with the um, first question. Yes. So I'm ready. All right. Well, <laughs> you know how we always hear, I've been hearing it since I was a kid. Well, music is a universal language. It's a way to communicate and, and this and that. And I thought, well, sure it is. But is it really, and coming from your perspective of an ethnomusicologist, is music a universal language? Okay, so this is a really interesting question, and um, it, it's something that we talk about in my classes at Cal State Northridge, um, particularly the, the one class that I teach, which is understanding uh, world cultures through music and one of the first questions that we ask is music a universal language? Wow. And yeah, so I think it's really interesting and great that you asked me to be on your podcast to discuss this um, since it is something that we talk about in my class. And from it, it may be shocking and maybe disappointing to some people, but I think from our perspective in ethnomusicology, we really don't want to say that music is a universal language, even though it just sounds so beautiful and wonderful to think that there's this thing that is 
uh, common with with everyone around the world. But um, maybe it would be more appropriate to say that music itself is universal to cultures uh, cultures around the world. Um, but as far as it being a language that's universal, probably not. Um, it, the music would have to have basically the same meaning to everyone mm. everywhere. So that's kind of where in, in my classes, uh, most students will still say, music is a universal language. It's found everywhere, which is true. You could probably find some form of music um, wherever you go in the world, but it will have a different meaning um, just depending on where you're from and your own um, experiences, uh, culture, your own culture, and, you know. So it's, it's not really a universal language, according so, to ethnomusicologists. Okay, I totally understand that. And with regard to the meaning, I think that's where probably most of this comes in, because you can listen to a certain piece of music or certain style of music, and it may not move you at all. It, you could be completely flatlined, whereas another person, it activates something in them, and they become emotional, or, the, or it makes them happy, or something connect with it. So do you th is that part of the issue as well? Right. So you're basically saying that music may evoke different emotional responses from from different people. Yes. That's kind of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. See. So it is it is not a it is kind of a misconception that as human being uh, not having your the, your um, qualification of studying it, uh, music that we have tendency as human being, common person to think like this, that we are, that it is a universal language, but in fact, it is not. Right. Okay, I see. But Definitely. what is universal, um, if you're sitting, I mean, I'm, I'm asking you, because you're the, this is the, you're the expert in this field, the thing that is universal in the one thing that I can find that makes it a language is that you could put the same piece of music in front of 90 different people who speak 90 different languages, but you're still going to get the same output result from the instruments. Oh, so in other words, like, um, I guess this example would be like if you had a printed sheet music. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess you, Every, everyone would have to, to have the same basic um, uh, experience with, with the notation, mm -hmm. understanding the notation and, and how that works. And um, if you were to study music from <clears throat> different parts of the world, there may be different types of notation that is used. So I think this example would be <clears throat> appropriate for, say, if we're looking at a um, mu musicians who are playing Western classical music. Correct. Yeah. So, oh, so that does make sense. I mean, you could put, um, you know, uh, a first violin part of, of a Beethoven symphony in front of a violin player from, 
from Japan or or from somewhere in Africa, and if they know the notation, they know how to read it, then, then yeah, there is that commonality. Boy, that would be an interesting experiment, is to have a 90-piece orchestra, 90 different people, 90 different countries, nobody speaks the same language, and just throw it in front of them and see what the result is, just off-site reading it. And even uh, even better, maybe comparing with a, an all-American or an all-one-country orchestra and see what the difference is with the interpretation of the culture of each people. Do you think there will be a difference with that? Uh, possibly. Again, I think maybe there there might be some, I think, cultural inflections and mm-hmm. in maybe how they perform the, the music. Um, but if there's... A, I, I think also it depends on how they they learn the music too. Yeah, oh, it's so, so fascinating. So it's and fascinating. even like what kind of conductor you have, you know, all of those things are, are just are factors that would play into that as well, into the interpretation. Oh, right. That, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, another question that came to our mind, uh, we know that the, the universe and the world is constantly changing every second, every minute. Everything is on a constant uh, state of evolution. Mm-hmm. So we, we know that music have been evoluating. Evolving. Evolving, sorry. See, my French. <laughs> Excuse me, my French. I'll translate. Yeah, it's <laughs> all good. Um, uh, we, we know that it, it's been uh, evolving all the time. So um, can you uh, shed a light, uh, actually, and explain to us how is, has the evolution of music uh, contribute, contribute to the... Uh, uh, what not etymology believe, but we so-called people of us, the the the, the, com- the like common the or the popularity person. of why music is so popular, why music is so everywhere and and uh, enjoyable for everybody. How's the evolution of music has impacted that or contributed to that? Hmm. Well, I think I, I think generally people use music as a a way to connect to one another. Um, it is a little bit of a, I think a kind of a broad question. Um, cause I think music may be changing at different paces depending on where you are in the world and depending a lot, I think on technology. Okay. That, that's a, a big factor. I think on how music changes, um, but also because people are capable, maybe not right now with, with the pandemic, but people are capable of traveling to different places. I, I think traveling and, and moving to other places, people, um, cultures will bring their, their music to other places and then kind of, um, mix what they do with the, the home, um, culture and then suddenly you, you start getting these different mixes of music. And, and in fact, it kind of makes me think a little bit of, um, you know, that music called Gypsy Billy? <laughs> I think I've heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> that's funny. Dude. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what, what we thought when we did create that. But it's I see it, it's a very complicated and broad question because societies move and evolve kind of slowly. And so you, it, 
but the the transition is just fascinating when you look from century to century and how music changes that we know in the western world there's mm-hmm. a drastic difference between medieval music and romantic music but it's still all music but you can see through all of those decades and centuries that it's just it, it's incredible like you start here and then you end up there it's it's wild to me but yeah just through right. people and bringing then, different spices and flavor and yeah. Yeah. right and then i i kind of wonder so what will music be like in a hundred years oh i know that trips me out at night i mean i have <laughs> dreams about it correct it's it's a good question and uh, it's worth asking ourselves but it's the beauty of it because when we don't know the evolution of music i i'm i'm always looking at uh, one of the the most uh, Things because I know country music is big in this sound, but even the last 30 years, the evolution of country music, for example, yeah. or even the 100 years when it was only on the radio at the, uh, at the uh, Grand Ole Opry, and, and it, was, uh, it was only instrument, you know, basic instrument like banjo and, and guitar. And, 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 or whatever and washboard, stuff yeah. they could find. Yeah, exactly. There was no money. And now, you know, 100 years later, in, on, the, on the country radio, you hear some way advanced uh, uh, music that is barely, barely, barely sounding like the original country music. So yeah, what would that be, for example, in a hundred years? Oh, yeah, and that's interesting that you bring that up because we do talk about that in my other class that I teach at Cal State Northridge, which is traditional music in the United States. And so we we mostly focus on the more traditional country music, but um, I do allow students to do their own research into this idea of how how did traditional country music kind of change and morph into where we have like Taylor Swift and some of these other um, so-called country music artists. I shouldn't say so-called. That's that's actually pretty rude. But um, they they've um, uh, country music has really changed. I, I think oh, it's yeah. been a, a bit commercialized. Exactly. So. Um, it's a, so I think that plays a part into this whole evolution of Oh, for sure. I agree with you on that. It's sure. a very interesting uh, uh, element, the evolution. Mm-hmm. Everything evolu- is in constant state of evolution. So music, uh, you know, it's very interesting for us as musicians to definitely right. uh, observe that. So, yes. Well, and, and you both created this new new music, too. So yeah. you're part of a part of this movement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to, and and it comes from four different kind of music. But I know that other type of artists are trying to mix this, and and created other forms sure. with jazz and African music. Or even or, uh, the what is it, bluegrass and rap. And we saw and a group that's doing that. I mean, yeah. I think it's great An experiment. Quincy Jones has pushed the boundaries. Definitely. So you know, right. so w- another thing. We as Westerners know, but I wonder in other cultures if this is an importance. Why is music so prominent and important in religions? And is it important in all kinds of religions? I, I know for us Westerners, it's everywhere in religions. Mm-hmm. And what is the impact of music on a religion, knowing that as well on the second part of that question and how is religion impact a lot of people we know hmm. that you know heart. maybe this is where in some ways 
we could say music is kind of universal because I, I do think from my, my understanding and looking at some music that's used in religion around the world that it's always about bringing people to together, um, to uplift people, to bring them closer to a higher uh, ah. being or a cre creator. So I think there's some similarity. Um, how, or I guess what you're hearing may differ, whether it's um, like musical pitches versus say chanting. And, you know, mm -hmm. some people may say that chanting yeah, we were just talking is not about that. music. But um, for ethnomusicologists, we do recognize chants as a part of the musical experience. So I think maybe there is some um, something that's a, a little bit universal if we're trying to tie in that that element into this whole conversation. Yeah, I and I think you you struck a chord with me, no pun intended. <laughs> But when you said that it's in search of a higher power or higher something. Right. And that's where the connection comes. Like, uh, for instance, in Buddhism, there's not, you're not going to have organ fugues playing, you know? Right. Whereas Bach was so much just immersed in liturgical music, whether mm -hmm. it be vocal, choral, organ, you know, uh, fugues and you know all of that there was just so much it was so religious based but yeah I mean I, there is that common thing like if you go way way back to Gregorian chants when you mm -hmm. said the chant I mean that is music to some degree even and then Buddhists the Hinayana Buddhists use a drone that just you chant on the same pitch right. it is musical because you're it's not just speech but even speech, I mean, we can talk about how speech can be musical and rhythmic right, and all of that. Right. But, uh, and so there is musical involved and you have a bell. So it's a, of a lesser degree, I guess, but it's still, yes, that element is still there. And in the Western world, the gospel music is very popular. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's at the Grammy, we see that. Every time we go, we see that. And you know, there's a there's category for that. So the power of... Of, of gospel music. Oh, is, you just go to the South, and, man. And on, yeah, exactly. And on the top of that, a lot of major artists come from learning music. They said, oh, Look at I, Whitney Houston. Yeah, I started right, in exactly. church. Right, exactly. Good I, Lord, what an church. instrument. So mm -hmm. it, is, it is a big element of this the religion. And that you say that's where it could be the closest element to make it universal, you mean? Well, it, it seems like it, although, you know, I, I think depending on, on the religion, you know, like for me, I may not understand what your chants are about. Um, but if obviously if I'm practicing Buddhism, I, I would know. Um, if I'm more into Taoism, um, which I, I haven't really studied any, any music related to Taoism, but if there is, is music, then you know, would you as Buddhists understand the whole meaning? Maybe from the outside, if you were to watch a, um, like a performance of some type of, of the music during a, um, 
I don't know if you'd call it a service, but um, during during worship, mm. you would obviously know that that's the purpose of the music is for you know wor- worship. You might not know what the meaning is, but but probably you would think that there is this wanting to have this connection through mm-hmm. music to this higher being. Yes. So, yeah. That's Yahtzee. Yes. <laughs> That's and, how I see it. And, and, I, and I see as well that, uh, of course, it has definitely uh, a cultural element because religion in one religion in one country might be a different uh, uh, impact and the, uh, the way it's, it's translated in one area of a country or in a country itself in cooperation mm-hmm. with other countries. But the, the cultural element comes into the music element within the religion uh, when I went to Agape, for example, I uh, it was not really the belief that I had concerning the um, concerning the teaching that they were uh, uh, that was associated with this religion. But when I heard the band playing and the music and the gospel and the gospel or the gospel or this the singer, I was like, "Whoa, this is incredible!" You just feel good. You just feel good and everything. So it brings another element into mm-hmm. the service, like you said. Right, but you know, if you were to go to um, a, a church, say that it, it's a Spanish-speaking church, would you still know what is going on or what, what they're trying to do through the, the music um, I, I without think, knowing the language? I don't think the language will be a matter. I think it will be mm-hmm. more the vibes, but the language will be to me more important on the fact that they are probably drawing from the scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is gospel, it talks about the scriptures. So, but I'd, I, I think if I didn't know, I know that for sure that when you go to a service or when you uh, re- something related to religion, it is definitely imp- the element of music is important. And I know that for us in Buddhism, we don't put more importance, too enough importance into that. We're in gospel. It's mm. everywhere oh. in an hour of, 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 of yeah. service. You have, you know, 20 minutes of music, easy. And when on certain religion, you don't. I mean, at the church, I don't know. I haven't been to a church for a while. But I know in, 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 the, in the gospel, when you go in the church, and my uncle just told me that. He said, oh, my God, I ended up into a, a church, and it was a black service. And he was like, whoa, that oh, was incredible. So powerful. So powerful. So the scripture, I think, the, the element of the talking, the, the, the language, I'm not sure if that's the most important I fact think, of music in well, the service. Well, it's the intention of what they're doing in the yeah. service, I think. And maybe the, the music is a way to connect that. And I think, you know, Professor Robbie said it, <laughs> that it's the connection of wanting to, the desire to, yeah. for something higher than yourself. That is probably the key and uh, uh, the great point you, you brought is, yes. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think so. Whenever I've... You know, my, my students are supposed to go and, and see some form of live music. Although, again, with pandemic, um, yeah, this difficult. has been moved to just looking up YouTube videos of the music that's relevant to our class. And um, I know in, in the past with students writing their reports and the, the, the ones who have gone to various churches, whether it's a you know a Christian church, um, you know, um, first AME or whatever, but um, a, a lot of the comments are basically pretty much the same about about 
the congregation being very dynamic, um, with, with the music, the music seemed to play such an important role in getting people, um, you know, uplifted and full of joy and, um, really kind of bringing this, uh, I guess what they would say good news to people that things are going to be all right. You know, you connect to a higher being. Um, so it definitely brings a, a, an element of, uh, w- good feeling for sure. Right. Hopefully yeah, so. Hopefully yeah. so. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So because we're talking about, um, um, we are talking about uh, religion, which is a uh, very different religion in different uh, uni- uh, in country and a worldwide phenomenon phenomen, uh, of, of um, uh, religion. I wanted to ask you this question, um, which to me is kind of an essen- essential question when it comes to communication. Hmm, and, okay. and, 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 the question that's has been on my mind for years and years, and even as a kid, is when I was communicating with other people who don't talk the language, and I was not talking the language with music, uh, with the sorry, with language, whether it was English or other language in Europe, because I was raised in Europe, and we were close to Spain or close to Denmark or close to uh, Italy, and we were not communicating with the same language because we were not talking the same language. Mm-hmm. America is different. But um, we were using, I noticed that when I was going camping with my parents, music was a great way to communicate because we couldn't communicate with the language. And I learned music a lot about that. So how do you think that music breaks down, number one, the cultural barriers, and number two, are breaking social barriers? Hmm. Well, this is an interesting uh, question to, to ponder. Hmm. Uh, so going back to, to what you were saying, your experience with, um, being able to communicate with others who you didn't have a common language, correct? right? But you could use music Yes, I to was be e- able to connect to these, these other people. Were, were you able to at some point? have some sort of communication that was non-musical? Um, of course, a little bit, but I didn't speak German, so when it was German people, oh. the, on, the only thing that we know is that we were forming bonds, bonds together mm. because we will meet and play or we'll listen, or maybe some people were just interested in listening or play music. And that is... I, that's where, as a young age, I noticed, wow, music brings people together, and we are not from the same country. And here I am into a circle with 20, 30 people who non- can't communicate the same language, but we can actually feel and pass and have a good time together. It could be a feeling and also the nonverbal stuff that you do, the uh, hand gestures, the charades, so to speak. But we, you know? but we couldn't talk. Yeah, because I didn't speak English. They did, but I did not. So that's why I realized that it's breaking down barrier, cultural barrier. Right. And you know what? This may be part of why people could also say that music is a universal language for the what you just described to us. Mm, I see. 
and breaking down and how is music impacting on social uh, st uh, statements, to social uh, econo um, social in the society, how to break down bias, because I know that uh, um, it's very obvious that because of music, when there's cultural music festival. Yeah, you know what? That's great that you um, uh, brought that up. I, I was going to mention um, one example in particular. Mm. Um, there's a world music festival called the, the Rainforest World Music Festival. It's held in Malaysia, mm. at least uh, when I performed uh, at the festival uh, about 10 years ago with Lisa Haley and the Zydecats, we were representing the United States at this World Music Festival. Um, I, I think these types of festivals that try to bring in different musical groups from all over the world are really helpful in this whole idea of trying to break down the social and cultural barriers. Um, one thing that's really cool, and, and I may have mentioned this festival to both of you before, because I think um, your band uh, doing the Gypsy Billy would be awesome at this World Music Festival. But what, what was really cool was that at this music festival, there are all these different bands um, from all different parts of the world. Um, some are a little bit more traditional in the music that they performed, um, and some are a little bit more um, maybe more popularized or um, may, maybe a little bit different than just tra traditional music. Um, but what was really interesting as a musician performing at this festival, um, one thing that they asked us to do was that every musician in every band that performed had to put on a workshop for the people attending this festival. Excellent. So, so um, for me, since there were multiple bands that had accordion in them, they basically, the festival organized this. They put all of us accordion players into this one wow. workshop and somehow we had to figure out what we were going to present to the people attending this, this festival. And mind you that we didn't all have a common language. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's a challenge, but how awesome. Yeah. It, it was pretty amazing. And I, I know there are some clips on, on YouTube of oh, wow. some of these uh, workshops. Uh, I think the one I did is actually on, on YouTube, but, um, uh, you know, they would designate one person um, to kind of lead the, the workshop. And somehow I, I kind of ended up in that position. But, um, yeah, you, you, we had to interact with others and maybe not even know the language. And we just figured out something oh, to present to people. That's great. So, so, so um, I, it, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty ama amazing. Wow. That's kind of life changing when so, you think about it. So you, what you, your example show that somehow music transcend the language barrier. Yeah. I mean, we've, we figured out a, a way to, um, you know, 
get her to, done. To put on this work. <laughs> you yeah. figured out a way to get her done. Yeah, exactly. And and then somehow I know. I think what we did was we each presented um, some of the the music that we were representing from mm. our our country well, um, on accordion. But then at the end, we figured out a way to all perform together. Oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing! That's amazing. And it was kind of on, on the spot too. I I, yeah. I think there wasn't really a way to, to like rehearse anything before you just got up there and, and just maybe did it. a half hour before to, to get set up and kind of try to talk your way through what you were going to do. Yeah. But oh, yeah, it, it, it was pretty amazing. Well, so. Thank you for sharing that experience. Uh, 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 basic, uh, still on the, on the point of that, that, that questions of breaking down social and cultural barrier. Have you noticed as well, maybe you can touch some, uh, say a word on that. Have you noticed that when uh, leaders of country meets, there's always some kind of cultural uh, um, activities related to it. Sometimes it's painting, sometimes it's art, dancing, because each country presents something cultural to the other leaders. And and music is really often a part of it. Have you noticed that? And do and, and you think that's a great uh, way of co- of communicating between countries. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Going back to the Rainforest World Music Festival, um, when we first arrived to Malaysia, um, they made sure to have kind of this welcoming uh, event for all the groups, and um, it featured mu- musicians from Malaysia. So we we kind of got to learn a bit more about about their culture. So, um, but it, yeah, music, dance, and, and art. So yeah. it's really uh, some kind of a tool for uh, uh, leaders of country to com- to communicate and appreciate the culture of each others. That brings down the barrier for the uh, somehow the communication or the dialogue they're gonna have concerning the economy of their country. And it yeah, them- well, I, I think it it may be a good way to try to help create some kind of friendship yeah right yeah, i mm-hmm. guess uh, definitely yeah. definitely works so um but thank you for the answer and, and your, your example is fantastic <laughs> of course so uh alan cohen from uc berkeley says this music is a universal language but we don't always pay enough attention to what it's saying and how it's being understood what do you think he means by this? Hmm. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to check out the study. I had heard about this study about, well, maybe music is a universe, universal language. And um, uh, I almost feel like maybe the statement is, uh, I'm... I'm too a little, little bit confused about, about the statement, but um, I, I think what maybe what he was trying to, to say was that music is a univer, universal language because through this study, which was, I think, based on, on data from the U.S. and China, was that there were some common emotions that were experienced by both cultures Mm -hmm. when certain pieces of music were played okay Um, i see but i i 
think I'm still not totally convinced of his fr- the first part of his statement saying music is a universal language right. for the stuff that we've already talked about. Um, and it, the but, but it's probably true that generally I, I don't think people will pay attention, necessarily pay attention to what the music is trying to convey or how it's being understood. If it's something that you hear and you just um, have this feeling that you enjoy the the, the piece. So uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking about trying to think of examples from, from my, my class that maybe might illustrate this. Well, so um, maybe when we study Latino American music and like um, Norteño or Corridos, where um, there are some songs that tell stories about tragic events but the music sounds really happy and danceable. Mm. And oh, so um, the lyrics may be really dark and, and tragic, but the music sounds happy. And a, a, a lot of students who may not know Spanish will hear the music and say, oh, I just love this music so much. It it's, ma- makes me so happy, but not really realizing that it's actually a really super dark song. Wow. Yeah, maybe so. that's what he's saying. And, yeah, you know, like with a lot of some people, when they say, I don't like rap music. Mm-hmm. And I think what they're really saying is they don't like the overall sonic production of it. Maybe they think there's too, you know, that, that too much bass. You know, a lot of older people mm-hmm. are not going to go for that. Right. But they fail to pay attention to what it's saying about the suppression about the judgment, mm-hmm. poverty, yeah. social standings. Like the, these are issues that are real and they're, they exist now and they're here. And I think they need to be heard. And not to mention, especially when I, you hear someone freestyle, I mean, that, that's just beyond my comprehension. I, I, I don't know I how. I think it's kind of amazing. I don't even I know. I don't know half does. the words they say anyway. So, you yeah. know, for me, it's just like way out of my pay grade. But... Uh, you know, I think that's where we miss, some people miss the mark on what it is that they're trying to convey and what they're saying. And that could be what Alan Cohen is saying. Is it possible yeah. that as well, the fact that uh, the people who don't pay attention, um, like Alan Cohen saying, it's, it's what it's saying and how it's being understood. Do you think maybe because it's a lack, it has to do with education or it has to do more with cultural an upbringing background, upbringing mm. background. Uh, I think that that's a possibility. The both, you know, pe- people are going to say whether or not they like a, a, a piece partially based on their own personal experience up to that point. Mm. So, well, um, so that becomes a factor, actually. Yeah, I, I I think I think so. And yeah. and, and it's a uh, there's definitely some music that are more understood from different part of the country. Like uh, we know, I mean, of course, because of the United States has more reach to other country. But uh, for a type for for somebody who lives in in a certain part of America, listening to Thai music would be a challenge. I will, mm-hmm. uh, definitely, I, I didn't mean didn't means that they will not like it. And they would not understand it, but maybe they're not exposed to it. Right. That would be the other factor that a lack of exposure 
mm-hmm. in certain area of the uh, of certain country. Um, we've been thinking about Indian music. Some people like Ravi Shankar brought mm-hmm. that with the Beatles and, and the cross cultural or some artists bring. Uh, even I'll just listen to an interview of Derek Trucks saying that in his playing, he's bringing. He, he was great. He loves the the blues. His influence, but he said that Indian music. Uh, because of the quarter note uh, brought and on on a slide guitar, you can do that. He said it brought him a whole new level of playing and and difficulties. So I think the exposure as well, it is possible that the exposure of people who are not understanding or let's say don't hear the music from other or don't look or don't have the interest to listen to other type of yeah, music. Yeah, it's just lack of exposure, lack of knowledge. That's all. Right. And, and well, that's kind of where my job comes in at, at school okay. with, with this class because um, my, my classes are basically kind of, um, you know, they're, they're kind of like music appreciation, but not, not with necessarily with Western classical music, with mm. other types of music so so it you know I I do have students who are listening to Indian music for the very first time and and they're just like I'm not sure I I totally understand this but I kind of like it yeah so (laughs) interesting or I'll have some who will say well I listened to it and I kind of didn't like it and you know I'll, I'll ask well why why didn't you like it and you know they'll they'll have different reasons why they may not like the music and that's totally fine but at, le- at least they got that exposure they hopefully gave it a, a chance and um yeah it's know, like they- you're you're trying to fill in gaps and bridge gaps so that yeah. and educate people to like there's more than western music than what we hear on radio and spotify and apple music and I say it's an about. That. I say that uh, uh, you have an awesome mission for the world, and you take it seriously. I know that, and uh, <laughs> uh, for sure. And uh, and you, I mean, yeah, I, I can tell by 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 listening. I tip uh, my hat. I tip my hat Aww. exactly for spending your days doing this to exposing to somebody uh, Indian music as an example or Gregorian chant or, or, or I love you, the vocals yeah, in Indian music yeah oh. to the young people and and I know it's, it's understand insane. like like for African music I'm sure a lot of American people have no clue what uh, what African music is oh. I, I can tell you a story oh my god no he's got to tell you this I, I, I this is absolutely oh, I, hilarious I can't tell you that story so my tell friend about his dad. my friend Lionel Lueke which we're going to see uh, next month at the Hollywood Bowl because he plays with Herbie Hancock wait uh, who? Uh, uh, Lionel Lueke is oh. a is a from Benin in Africa is an extremely talented musician. Studied at Berkeley and was a, uh, from Africa, the West Africa. Speak French. Benin, it's the mm-hmm. country, and uh, he was going to uh, not far from my parents <laughs> where they were living. Oh. And I said, and I said, and I know uh, Lionel music because he gave us a, a CD. Now Lionel's play, uh, uh, of course, jazz and all kind of music, but he specializes in music from Africa, and they have. 
different approach. They think in 17, for example, there's a song that they play in 17 beat, which is really strange. But for us uh, Westerner, we try to figure we out how to, to translate in our how head to, how to count in 17 because for them it's they go from one to 17. For mm-hmm. us, we have to do that. A bottom line, uh, he went to my parents in France and he was playing not far. And I said, Oh, my parents are not far. Uh, let's get them tickets so they can come to see you. And my dad, okay, my dad never heard African music, maybe a little bit, but never. And so I sent him, and my dad went to the concert, and then I Skype him after, and I said, so dad, uh, how was the concert? Uh Oh. Oh, and my dad said, wow, your friend is really strange. (gasps) And and I said, why is he strange, dad? It's, It's... he said, these are your friends? I said, well, yeah. I said, isn't it awesome? That guy's an incredible player. That He plays with L.B. Hancock, one of the Mozart of our time. And he said, well, well, the, the, okay, maybe okay. But the part that's bizarre is that he, he does those sounds from, from Africa. And it's like, he, he's, he's singing and then he's, he's doing this thing. And I said, and I said, he said, do me a favor. Next time you have some free ticket, can you choose something different? Well, I said, oh Dad, goodness. at least at least you can be exposed to that music. And if yeah, I said, okay, I went one time. Don't do that, that trick on me. Uh, uh, you know, please oh. don't do that. Anything. But what a story. And you see, he got exposed to that. And he said, if that's the kind of music you're listening, well, it's fantastic, but it's not my cup of tea. Okay, I th- so I, I, I actually ha- have a, a similar dad story. <laughs> Of okay. course, it's got to be dads. <laughs> yeah, Moms yeah. are a lot so, more flexible. So this one was when I was in grad school and I was singing with the Bulgarian Women's Choir. Love it. So, so you you probably know, Tracy, like the, it, it's very dissonant. Like yes. the harmonies are super yep. close together. Yep. So yep. Um, a lot it of almost, it, it's, <clears throat> it can be really piercing. Yeah. So um, we were doing a concert somewhere some university and and was near my dad so i invited him to the concert and uh oh <laughs> yeah you can imagine so and you know my dad is from texas he grew up listening to country music yeah. and western swing and so after the concert i'm like so so what would you think and he goes was that music <laughs> oh no what was that and then oh, he bless his heart which is typical of my dad's. Yes. <laughs> He's probably hating that I'm like saying this, but but it was like, oh, it's and, a joke. And, and, and he basically had the same reaction as uh, your dad for yes. brief. It's like, you know, <laughs> next next time, um, I, I, I don't think I want to go to one of your concerts. Oh, God, it's great. But, but uh, that's what that's a good example, uh, G, of, of what uh, of what we I can achieve when we expose people to and how we can break barriers down and and as well that is the purpose to mm-hmm. me of music right right exactly. well i tried with him for that music but Didn't i wasn't work. successful no, uh, you know what he likes his country leave him there same with his dad big time country music <laughs> oh wow so this leads me to a question that I love this because I believe that there's a super big connection. I like your take on this. Do you think there's a connection between music and the natural environment, meaning sounds in nature? When I hear birds mm-hmm. or even squirrels, you know, <laughs> eat, when they make their sounds 
or I, I just, I think in terms of rhythm, I, mm-hmm. cause I'm kind of like a weird in my head all the time. And I like to, even the, the pace at which a dog walks, I want to chart that out, you know, like when mm-hmm. we were babysitting our friends, gorgeous little Frenchie. <laughs> and I wanted to just write down the rhythms at the pace and the tempo and how he, how, how he walks. But what is your take on that? Do you think that nature is musical? Oh, yeah, m- most definitely. For all the examples that you just gave, I, I think there's maybe even a term for that, like bio music or eco music, mm. something like that. Oh, wow. um, although, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure exactly if that is referring to recording animals making the music or if it's, um, you know, uh, composers or other musicians bringing in animal sounds, which I do believe you have a song on your CD that features cat sounds. Yeah, our kitties, yeah. <laughs> right, may they rest in peace. But yes, both of them Aww, were on yeah. uh, our first two albums. Yeah, definitely. Aww. Yeah. But the thing, even when a dog barks, it's a pitch. When right? a kitty meows, and then the pitch goes down, you know? It's well, like almost like a gliss, you know, glissando. Is there a study of that? Is there people studying this? I would think so, although this is something that I have not looked at. But now that we're kind of talking about it, it's, it's really interesting to me. Might have to bring this up with students. Well, uh, hopefully students will listen to this podcast and maybe this will be of interest to them for their research yeah. papers. Yeah, because I will, I will think that, of course, when we pay attention, again, the same questions that uh, Alan Cohen was bringing when we don't pay enough attention and not understood, but when we sit in the nature and we listen to the sound, the sound of nature, there is a lot of musicality. And as well, we can see that in classical pieces, a lot of those pieces at that time were in, were influenced by nature, the, the four seasons of Vivaldi, correct? Oh, right, right. Not right, only that, yeah. but look, we just saw Tchaikovsky's uh, 1812 overture at the oh, Bowl yeah. with fireworks. Oh, wow. And that might seem really loud to people, but it's based on the war. You know, it was it was all written about the French Revolutionary War. So, you know, the big explosions, the ca- that represents the cannons that the, you know, the uh, timpani would timpani. do. You know, so it's like kind of elements in there so the music music and environment is in the social board correct it's definitely two elements that lives together i i think so i recall talking to someone um when i was doing research for my my master's thesis that someone was saying that in um trinidad that you know there there's what's known as a break drum it's like an actual break drum from a car but it's used as an instrument mm-hmm. it's referred to as an iron um in the uh, like the rhythm s- section of a steel drum band and i recall someone was telling me that the rhythm that is played on that iron is a reflection of the sounds crickets make now i i have not read anything ab- about that wow. but um i don't know if you've been to caribbean at all but no the, the i i've you know, I've done some research in Jamaica and Kingston, and uh, the crickets there are really, really loud. So, oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it's quite possible that, that there is this connection, although I think someone from Trinidad would need to call in and, like, uh, verify 
that that statement. But you know, even in day-to-day stuff, like our old clothes washer was really noisy and it had a certain rhythm to it. And then I, I it was more uh, like a percussive dun 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 dun. And I would just come up with stuff like doing stuff around the house when that thing was going. So that was kind of like my rhythm section. Oh, I know I'm a yeah, bizarre. On, on YouTube, but. there's a band playing uh, Sweet Georgia Brown with a tractor. With, oh, yeah. with in, in, in the Dutch people, they are playing, I think it's two guitar and a bass. And the, the rhythm section is a tractor. It's the going and it plays the the rhythm. And tractor is, let's be honest, tractor is a sound that's used to harvest, basically, and create, bring food to the table of people. So it's really part, it's really an object, the tools that is used in the the nature to feed people. And it's feeding people through music. Exactly. Using that as the rhythm section. Well, speaking of food, have you seen... um, I've shared this with with students. There's actually um, orchestras made. The instruments are made from vegetables. I have, have heard of this. Yeah, never heard that. Really, tell us a little bit. It's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, you'd have to, I, I think, do a, a YouTube search. Okay. But there are these groups of people. They they make instruments out of like carrots, for example. Yeah, and I have seen that. A flute <laughs> or like a recorder type deal. Yes. It, yeah. Exactly. I have seen and it that. works. It totally works. Oh, wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. And then also, I, I think maybe this connects to this question, um, but I know there's some highway somewhere where they put grooves in the highway, so when your yep. car drives on it, it actually plays a song. Yep. I, ca- I have seen that, too, and for <laughs> the life of me, I cannot remember where it is, but yes. Have, we ever experienced, have no. you ever experienced that? Have yeah. I? Yes. No, no. No, okay. Although there was, there's some road over, um, it's where the drawbridge is in, in Long Beach, where yeah. I always used to think the, the grading on the the um, the road would make this really like drone type sound, and it used to scare me as a kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, That's funny. You know, when I was young, I was, uh, sometimes it was so boring on the back of the car because my dad wouldn't put the radio and I, and I want to, you know, sometimes he didn't want to, oh. and I wanted to because that's why after when I play music, I brought my guitar. Uh, but he would not put it, and uh, there was a lot of radio, uh, AM radio at that time, a lot of stalking and no music, but I would put the, uh, I would try to find the window, uh, up the window, and use the wind oh. as as a music, so yeah. I could I could see, I could listen to music and see if that, and, and, and when I found the sweet spot, there would be music on the back. The wind would create some sound. And I was like, and my dad wouldn't hear it. Just me on the back because I would put my ear next to it. And I would do that. It was, it would, the time would be faster when I was driving, but it would bring music. Oh, that's uh, so that, cute and creative. Yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, you have to do what you have to you do. You have to do what you right? have to do. But, but, I mean, that's why I know that nature, the wind, when I'm, I'm, I'm in the nature and I listen to the wind, I know that, especially born in the Alps, Going up in the mountain, you and it's cold, and you can hear the wind in the mountains, high mountain. You can see the sound they make, and it's really or oh, the sound of an avalanche. It's oh, oh it's amazing. I mean, the, the rumble of an avalanche and mm. and those things. And I will be interesting. I know you choose it musicology, but I would be interesting personally more into the science. Of, what do you call that? Bio music? What would it yeah. be? Yeah, I guess I, think, so, yeah. I believe oh. that's what what that's called. 
I got to dig mean, more I, into I that. I didn't hear uh, anything about this when I was in school, so I don't know if this is something that's maybe more more recent. Okay. Could Definitely. be. Definitely. Yeah. We shall look into that. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, um, I would like to share some kind of a, a question that I heard, uh, not heard, but I don't know how this came out, but it's more, it, it's it's a statement and more a question. Here's what mm. I'm um, we know music has a lot of diff- different uh, aspect based on culture or where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. But we know as well that music is really involving to a society and one country. Why is music varies, and is it true or not, more varies within society, a society, than between society? Is it a, something that sounds correct as a statement, or it does not? Let's see. Let me think about that. So music, you could say mu- music varies more within society than between societies. Is it more one, or is it more the reverse? Hmm. Hmm. I, this could be two different aspects i mean yeah i almost feel like it could be split into two different parts how would you do that for example so so why why does music vary within a society okay be one and then why does music vary between different societies well then let's answer both of those (laughs) yeah they both they they both make sense so you, you probably know within uh, a culture there may be subcultures. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I think maybe that's where we can say that music varies within a particular society. So I wish I could think of a, a good example of, of that. Um, Hmm. Well, you can even just look at the South alone. We'll just take that. The South of America? And if you look at the South, there is so much variety of music there, but yet everyone's a Southerner. You know, if you've got the Appalachian thing, and then you've mm-hmm. got the Cajun thing, and then you've got, um, you know, the hillbilly thing, and traditional country, and it, folk music, it just goes on and on and on. And then within each state, it's also... There's variety there, even with the, the little societies. Like, for example, Georgia, since I spent half my childhood there, oh. there's a big difference between North Georgia and South Georgia. They're, they could be two different states. They're very, very different. Wow. Is that at part of the reason why there's so much um, stuff going on right now oh, yeah, it within could be. that state? Yes, yeah. it could be. It could be, yeah. You know, the North Georgia tends to be a little more polished or refined. Mm-hmm. And South Georgia tends to be a little more simple. The North is a little more cutting edge, you know, if if there is such a thing, but more progressive, progressive than the South mm-hmm. South Georgia. So you do think that the subculture you're talking uh, about has more influence than the overall society? Well, you know what? First of all, I'm I'm going to go back to what Tracy just said because I think you pretty much covered a lot of what I cover in the 
chapter that we talk about Anglo-American music, everything you said was totally perfect. And I think that's, uh, that's actually a really great example of this, um, how uh, music can vary within society using uh, the the South, Southern United States as, Mm. as that example. I think that you you get an A plus from me. Oh, oh! You know what? I may just have to audit your class. <laughs> it is your comma. I would have You may have to be a, a guest in my oh, class. Oh, I'd love to be. Oh. <laughs> that that was totally totally perfect. So, I, I really, I, I can't think of a better example, oh. just off the, the top of my head. I think that was really really good. Thank you. Yeah. It's just uh, my observation and what I know through having lived there and just knowing the different types, because mm-hmm. the South is very rich in cultures. I mean, extremely rich in culture. There's very deep roots there. That's what I absolutely love about it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jazz, um, jazz is born there. And yeah, blues, blues. You know, yeah. and then you've got all of that other, what I, which I mentioned earlier. For the way I see the between the societies thing is a viewpoint, a Western viewpoint here in that, oh, we have Caribbean music, there's French music, there's this music, as opposed to digging deep within those and picking those apart. So I think maybe the person or where this question, Mm -hmm. the origin of this question sounds to me may have come from a person, maybe a Western or American person thinking because America is so big, we have tons of varieties of music within our societies and different types of societies within America, which could mean why this person felt like there are a lot more varieties in within one society as opposed to between different nations or different national societies. Talking about the size of the country, of course. Yeah, or mm-hmm. just in general, when you think Indian music, and I know I'm going to sound like a moron, but I think of one thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure once you dig that apart, you go, oh, no, no, that's not that. And there's like all these different types. Right. It, it, it's the same. Like there's music from North India and oh. South India. Just like the food is different. Why would the music not be different? You know, right, I'm right. sure the music in Alsace in France is different than the music that you're going to hear in Normandy. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? Definitely. That's the. Because food and music go together, they're uniting elements. But that makes no sense. But it makes a lot of sense that. Uh, where the, the 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 size of the country, although maybe not, because f- there's always nuances within a country from geographically. So mm-hmm. the music, I mean, we know that we, you can maybe talk about that a little bit. Is the geographic of a, uh, has an impact on the type of music that is product produced? I mean, geographical location. Yes. Ah. Is it? Yeah, and, and that's where we can also talk about, you know, what what technology is available, what materials are yeah. available to to make instruments and all that kind of stuff too. As we as we were talking at the beginning, yeah, mm-hmm. that's that makes difference. Oh sure. So I have a uh, to 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 finish. I have a couple of questions uh, that I would like to add on um, that just came to my mind. How first one is how is the youth responding to music appreciation and ethnomusicology oh i love this question so um uh, one assignment that i i had the students do this uh past semester which i'm 
actually cutting this time because it just it takes such a long time to uh, read and, and grade. And I have I usually have almost 300 students. Oh, my um, gosh. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It's it's pretty, uh, pretty wild. But um, I, I asked the, the question, you know, a, a, after introducing them to ethnomusicology, um, what, what do they think about it? Would they be um, interested in, in maybe pursuing it? Um, and and what, do, what do they think about all the different kinds of music that they listen to in, in the class? And, and most of them are, are generally pretty open to experiencing different types of music that, that are different than what they're used to. Um, but many of them don't seem to be totally interested in, in going into the field because it just, um, seems, I don't know. I, I'm not sure exactly why, um, maybe because there's a lot of work to do in our class and maybe they associate, Oh, there's a lot of work you have to do to get the information that you need. But, um, I think a good sign is that generally I don't think I've had any students who have just completely dismissed any of the music that they were exposed to. That's so encouraging. That's wonderful. And the other part of the question now, thank you for answering, Mm -hmm. is uh, what is your impression of their reaction? My impression of their reaction? Correct. When you see them, when say you put a piece of of of, of Thai music or, or or Caribbean music or like you said Indian music, what and then they talk about it and they, what is what do you get out of it as somebody would decide? Uh, to me, it would seems like a noble mission in this. <sighs> uh, yes, I do. I do. I do oh. think it's a noble mission because I love music so much and having the teaching it. As a, you know, I know you, you you spend a lot of time of your life doing that, and it's awesome. But what is it you you get out of it? And personally, as an ethnomusicologist, teaching and seeing the youth responding, what is your impression, personal impression? Well, I think I think young people, at least the young people who take my class, are really interested in experiencing other cultures, um, everything that's associated with, with cultures that they're unfamiliar with. So, Mm -hmm. um, be it music, any of the art and dance and all that, that goes with it. Um, they seem to be really open. I haven't come across anybody who was closed-minded, um, where any students were just like, I'm not going to listen to this at all. Um, the comments I get, you know, a lot of students may not like some of the music, um, but at least they are open to it. And I'm just kind of hoping that maybe this will help with this whole, um, you know, trying to get people together and people to understand one another, even if you don't have a common language or uh, things are, are, you know, how, how things are done in, in your culture are a little bit different. We can kind of bring everyone to, together um, through this, my class, which mm-hmm. is studying 
cultures through music, then um, I, I guess that that makes me feel like I'm doing something good in in the world. Well, you certainly are. Um, and that is why I said it's noble. Uh-huh. Now, is, are your classes for music majors or these are electives for non-majors or is it both? Well, currently my classes are primarily for non-music majors. So many of them haven't had any sort of musical background. Although I do get a lot of students who, you know, have taken piano in, in fourth grade or whatever. Yeah. Oh, this um, is great. I like this even better than having a room full of music majors. Yeah. Well, you know, what's kind of surprising to me in my experience, and I, I've done the world music class for music majors too, but I almost feel like, should I say it? Yeah. Yes, I'll, go, I'll ahead. go ahead. I know what you're going to say because I was one of them. Go ahead. Oh, I, I'm I'm going to say that it seemed like the non-music majors were actually way more open to yeah. all these different yes. types no of music. Because um, their arrogance is the, not in the way. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, the, I, I had some music major classes where they were just like so completely against any of the music that I was sharing. And, and they made sure to let me know that. And um, those classes weren't very fun. They weren't weren't very nice to me. And and then I've had other classes where um, the music majors. I had one who came back and, and said, "Oh, I, I spent my summer in India studying mm. because I, I took your class. I was so interested in oh, wow. in um, Indian music and connection to to yoga. I went to and oh. spent my summer in in India. So that's you know. fantastic. And, and that is why I use the word noble." <laughs> that you just and 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 as you notice, we don't do things uh, normal in the Rock Your Life show. So <laughs> instead of starting uh, with a, a, a normally what we should start, we always reverse the, uh, um, uh, the the we always do things differently. And I'm gonna finish with this question, which should be the first one, but don't I like know. it at the end. Yes, is what is Ethnomusicology. Oh, okay. Well, just to put it simply, it's the study of music in culture or music as culture. So um, a lot of people just think think it's just studying, you know, different music from, you know, different places in the world. But it's really more, it's kind of, associated with anthropology so studying Mm -hmm. you know studying people um so if if anybody is interested in getting into ethnomusicology it's not um it's not really a performance based type of it's more um, academic um yeah there's a lot of um research a lot of history yeah yeah it's a lot of studying um anthropology uh, sociology, religious studies, you know, all, all, all different kinds of social studies um, and connecting that with music. And, and that's not to say that there isn't any performance. It, um, you can, like at UCLA, we, ha- we have like tons of different music ensembles from all different parts of the world. So you still get an opportunity to play, but that's not necessarily the the focus of ethnomusicology it's about kind of going out in the in the field and studying people and 
the the purpose of music in. And um, well, yeah, someone could always double major into performance and ethnomusicology. I know as a performance major, it's extremely grueling, but right. you know it's all consuming. But if you are a disciplined person, you can certainly do both. Yeah, I guess it it depends on the the university. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I have an. Uh, I'm sneaking another one oh right boy. before the last one. I am. I am the question man. I, I'm sneaking another one. <laughs> what? And that's personal. What brought you to do that? To ethnomusicology. Correct. We know you're a great musician. We know that. <laughs> yeah, we, that's we, a given. That it's a given because we perform with you. It's amazing how you read. And I can't tell you how much I miss playing those walls with you. Aww. But it's fantastic. But what drove you to it? And what was your motivation? Well, I actually, I, I didn't realize that ethnomusicology was, didn't have m- much of a performance emphasis. Um, I just figured because I play an instrument, which everyone probably knows by now, is, is the accordion. And also I play steel drums. Um, there wasn't really at the time any place for me to pursue grad graduate studies, um, in performance on my instrument. So, um, I I guess I had a a few professors who suggested, why don't you look at ethnomusicology? It's uh, world music. I mean, I, I think a lot of, even a lot of faculty aren't familiar with what ethnomusicology is exactly. So, uh, I just started looking at at programs, and you know, I tried UCLA since it was closer to home. And uh, I see. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for for telling us because, you know, it's very important to know what motivates uh, uh, such a, uh, a choice of career and choice of uh, wanting to the intent of linking people together and make them discovering through music. Um, well, I, I have to say that I learned a lot as a grad student at, at UCLA. I see. Like there was so much that I didn't know going in and I learned a ton by, by going to UCLA. So. Wow. And that's fantastic. Great school. That's yeah. cool for sure. And now uh, you are Professor G. Robbie. Cal State Northridge <laughs> is super fortunate to have you. Now, Aww. For anybody who's listening, where can we find you? Um, if anybody wants to contact you, your website, uh, email, whatever you'd like to uh, provide oh, would be wonderful. Well, my my uh, website is uh, grabe.com, G-E-E-R-A-B-E.com. And uh, you can find contact info there and bio and photos and stuff. Although I pro- probably should update the website feel like I, I had had all this time during pandemic to do stuff and I'm not sure exactly what I did. <sighs> I think we all had those moments so you're not alone in that. Well yes. during the school year I'm really pretty um, you're slammed with, yeah. with hundreds of students. Yeah. Yes definitely. And, and have you started performing again? Uh, no. Is it, is I'm, it picking I'm, up? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not taking any any gigs right now. But okay. I have been doing some remote recordings. So. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh, good, that's yeah. good, good, good. What yeah, was your so. last one? Just uh, any, any, any or one that you want to mention lately? You did. Um, well, the the last two were actually uh, Brazilian type pieces um, nice. that some composers did. 
um, like per personal project and like music library stuff. So, um, yeah, like Brazilian fajal type music. Music. Uh, it's like Brazilian country music. Oh, I love it. <laughs> oh, my God, it's good. Well, it was so good oh to my talk gosh. to you. You are awesome. Oh, As it's we so know. nice. Thank you so, so oh my much. Gosh. You yeah, are the I'm, I'm just amazing, so honored. <laughs> the best first guest we've ever had. Congratulations, G. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Professor G. Rabi to be the first one on uh, Rocket Live Show. We will have you again. Uh, we know that because we have more questions. Uh oh. Oh, yes. We, 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 we're not done with that. We do believe, like you, um, that music can link and help people understanding one each other's and that noble mission you have and you pursue every day. Uh, uh, even if it's hard, and I'm sure, because 300 students. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. But uh, know that people like us appreciate you. And Aww. so we are so, so happy to have you oh, as yes. a friend and as a, a guest today on Rock. Thank you so much. Oh, You've been well, so generous you. with your time. Aww. So generous. Thank you well, so I'm much. I'm honored and the feeling is mutual. So again, people, if you want to learn more about Professor G. Robbie, it is grabbie.com, G-E-E-R-A-B-E.com. Thank you, G. Thank you, G. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Wow. wow, that was amazing. That was amazing. She is one of a kind. Trust me, you should hear her play the accordion. Oh. Not only that, she can read anything that's put in front of her. Yes, she's amazing. Which uh, we all have a lot to learn in that department. So, in closing, I just want to thank everybody. I hope you got a lot of information out of this. I know I did. I did too. Uh, it's, I didn't realize that choosing that major did not have a lot of performing opportunities. So, and for me being a performance major, that was the focus. So, and when you play that kind of an instrument, accordion and steel drums, there really is no place to put it. I remember a girl in my department, she was a banjo major, but the first one to do it. So she kind of created her own program. So it is possible to be able to revolutionize that. Yes. So um, again, uh, next month we'll continue with uh, music part two, which will be our musical journeys. And it's really interesting because we'll kind of spin off of the ethnomusicology topic in that that's kind of where our heads were at when we invented Gypsy Billy. So. And we'll talk about that with background of Tracy, my background. And uh, maybe some anecdotes, oh. anecdotes of what happened to us, or some stories. Oh, there's for days. I hope you have uh, at least an eight-hour block. You could uh, binge listen. <laughs> no, we'll try to we'll try to pick some the, this one, but uh, there's some there's really some good one personal or uh, prior we performed together uh, or, or, or individually, but. Um, Let's finish this podcast with, with a, oh, our I usual... Have, I have a fun fact. Oh, My yeah, fun go, go fact is great. Okay. I have a question for you guys for all of our questions today. Who do you think in 2016 sold the most CDs? Uh, let's see. Uh, let me think. Maybe in 16, I would say it has to be either a rapper, a country music, or maybe... Uh, a pop, a very big artist, McCartney, Beyonce. Uh, oh, okay, this will make your jaws drop. The artist who sold the most CDs in 2016 hadn't even toured in over 200 years and is still more famous than Drake. 
Ooh. He, yeah. So in October of 2016, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, Mozart 225, the new complete edition was sold. It's a 200 CD disc collection of his entire musical catalog. Wow. Okay? Okay. So when you add up all those discs and the sales, he sold more than Beyonce. So That's amazing. Viva la Mozart. Mozart. Actually, I went to Mozart's house in uh, Salzburg. You did? I want to go. Oh, it's... it's uh, I'm looking go. at original Mozart manuscript. I was freaking out, crying. I mean, it was so I emotional. Go. I I We're go. going. It's a done deal. Yes. Bah, so it's, it's a done deal. Tickets purchased, by. Good. Yeah. I want to go. Uh, let's, uh, what's next? What's our spotlight? Spotlight. Okay, so the spotlight of this week, uh, because we talk uh, this month. Does it because, tie into the topic? Oh, yes, it does. Oh, cool. It does, definitely. It's, as, it's a movie uh, that was uh, created in 1993, uh, and that you can find on YouTube. Uh, you can. It's very hard to find it. I, I, we looked everywhere. Uh, it's not on 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 popular uh, uh, streaming line. Uh, I guess it's on the it's still DVD now. This, but you can find it on YouTube. It's there. And this, it's a, a, a um, film named La Chodrome. So I spell it. It's L A T C H O Lacho and Drome D R. O-M. And that means have a good, safe trip or good trip. In the, We saw that. We saw that, yes. And it's a story, basically, of the um, music, the gypsies that started in India and all their migration. And we talk about that, how the subculture uh, influenced the country. And then, of oh, course... Oh, how it migrated, yes. Yes, how it From migrated. India and... And then India and then went to the Spain and went to uh, Africa and went to Europe, East Europe, and that's... In where, this film, am I correct, if I remember, because I need to see films twice before I remember them, but yes. I believe this film has no dialogue. Is correct. that correct? Correct. Yeah. There's no dialogue in that film. It's only music, and the only dialogue is the music. So it's really tied in with with our no coincidence tiding wow. with, with our topic of this of this month, the part one of music that we're doing. So yes, look, go on the uh, um, go on YouTube and uh, type in Lacho Drome, and uh, you'll enjoy that movie. It's fantastic. You can cast it on your TV, and it's 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 wonderful. And then we're gonna finish with a quote, and this quote is uh, one of my favorite philosophers. Actually, it was the the uh, a person who wrote from because my one of my favorite philosophers is Socrates, and he never wrote anything, and Plato did that. So it's about music, of course, again, and I'm gonna read it. Um, quote: Music is a moral law. It gives soul to the universe. Wings to the mind, flight to the imagination, and charm and gaiety to life and to everything. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. Isn't that Thank you, awesome? Plato. Thank you, Plato. Not Play-Doh, awesome? but Plato. Yeah, Plato, exactly. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the topic. I sure did. Uh, Professor Robbie is amazing. And connect re- to the next uh, month. Yes, look two. forward to next month. Don't forget to uh, review our podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts with five stars and a review. That would be fantastic. And our website, thevignatis.com. 
Mm-hmm. You can go there as well and uh, email the show, rockyourlife at thevignatis.com. All of this will be in the show notes. And remember, we are here to help you rock your life. So that we all can-